Hello and welcome to The Reading Ramble, the regular podcast from Lancashire Libraries. This episode is all about creative writing. The idea of this episode uh, topic came from some courses that we've been running in conjunction with the Open University, whereby residents of Lancashire could uh, take part in a free uh, creative writing course um, and learn loads of um, tips and techniques for, for beginners or for people that are experiencing creative writing. Um, and the courses have proved really successful. And we thought that this would be a good opportunity to talk about the art of creative writing um, with some people that have got various ex- uh, expertise and experiences. Um, so on this episode, we're joined by some guests. We've got uh, Patrick Wright, who is a lecturer in uh, literature and creative writing at the Open University. We've also got a um, conversation with uh, Jen Ashworth, the author uh, from Lancashire, um, who released a new book, Ghosted, this year. And we've got um, two members of library staff as well, um, being Alison and Natalie. So today I'm joined by Patrick, who's uh, worked for the Open University. He's a lecturer in English and creative writing. Um, and we're working with the Open University on a project at the minute where we're providing uh, creative writing courses for for, for um residents of Lancashire. Um, Patrick is one of the tutors that's in, involved in the delivery of this this scheme. And I thought it'd be a good opportunity for us to catch up and uh, talk about um, how what creative writing means to him. So hi, Patrick. Hello. Hi. Um, so yeah, do you want to start by telling us how you got into creative writing and what it, what it means to you? Yeah, sure. Well, I've always written books. Uh, it's going back, going back as far as I can remember. So um, my earliest childhood memories are, are just making my own books out of exercise books and writing uh, ghost stories and um, other fantasy type literature. Um, so I, it was always there in the background. I, I wasn't trained in it until uh, a few years ago when I, I took an MA at the University of Manchester. So I was, uh, like a lot of writers, I was just a bedroom poet, you know, just sort of um, playing around with words. And and I started as well, because I was so into music as a teenager, I worked with lyrics. So because I wanted to be in a band at that time, I was um, looking at my favourite lyrics and adapting those. So many of my early poems were, were the ballad form. Uh, I suppose that's what they would be recognised as now, you know, sort of verse and chorus and middle eight. <laughs> uh, so I sort of followed that structure without really knowing what I was doing, just in a naive way. Uh, but now, retrospectively, it was a good place to start because it was fun. And it was there a certain stage when you realised you wanted it to be sort of a career path type? Yeah, there was a significant turn, I would say, around 10 years ago. I was, well, I'd, I'd been trained as an academic up until that point, and I was I was already teaching for four years. Um, but there was always this practice in the background, and I, I did feel um, disillusioned somewhat by what academic writing allowed me to do. So I decided at that point to retrain myself, essentially. So I, I took that MA at the University of Manchester and that was in 2012 um, and at that point I, f- I felt as though I was I was taking everything very seriously then and formally training myself you know with the, the, the techniques and and, the, and embracing the craft of writing 
and um, so I was studying that for two years and then the work that I did on that course uh, led to some poems that, that were published and um, I've not not looked back since I've just um, taken that as a springboard. Brilliant um, and so in terms of when you are writing is it something that you feel like you do for yourself or do you do it for an audience? I think increasingly so because I understand the value of, of readers that you know the work is nothing without the readers and that the reader does complete the work so like I alluded to before I worked for a long time just for myself and I was, I was writing in a bedroom and um, and then I was also surrounded by family and friends who are really quite sycophantic at times you know that's a very familiar <laughs> experience you know where you're surrounded by people that just tell you how great you are and it was a massive come down to take that course and then suddenly I realized how much I was doing wrong um, and I, but I really took off from that point once I started to think about readers and, and critics and receiving feedback. So I think, uh, yeah, the, the further I go now, the more um, I have a, a vague readership in mind. But I, I would say that, that first and foremost, I'm, I'm writing like a lot of writers do from my, you know, with my feelings and my thoughts to start with and, and biographical content as well. Is creative writing something that for you needs to be quite a regimented thing? Do you need to have a routine or is it something that is sort of more emotional and do you, you do when you need to do it? Or These days it's a bit of both because I have to balance that that practice with my other work and, and leisure activities and so on. I think, it, you know, most of my life I haven't thought about it too much because it's a compulsion. That's how I would describe it. It's not something that I've had to actively cultivate. It's more something that I've just always done. So it's, these days it's just more about time management and deciding when I'm going to go away and experience a walk or a day out to, to generate some content or just sit down in a cafe and spend an hour or two revising a poem. So in a loose sense, that's how what how I do it. I, I take myself out. I do write a lot in cafes and places where there's just a few people about. Um, and, and that takes up a portion of the week. And I'd advise any writer to do the same, to be very disciplined about setting time aside. That's great. Um, some, and so uh, something that I've been asking um, other guests is about their hints and tips for for other for other writers and this could be for people that are just starting on creative writing or and have got aspirations of developing it or for people that are quite experienced as well is there anything in particular that you would recommend as your your hints and tips i've written five down yeah um actually what i last mentioned what i mentioned just there is probably one of them which is about cultivating a practice so that's the first one it's perhaps a good place to start with that um so the idea there is to ring fans time during the week we've all got busy lives of course and we do other things but i think if you want to take it seriously and you want to move forward with this as, a, as an active part of your life then it's really important to um, set that time aside however you manage to do it maybe look at your calendar and see where the spaces are for that so have a space and a time that you can call your own where you can perhaps cut off from family and, and friends and you take seriously your own inner life and, and your daydreams and um, that reverie state that we often need to find ourselves in to, to start writing. 
So establish a discipline and a practice is the first one, number one. The next one might be that you find a writer or, or writers that you really, really love that you can get passionate about and inspired by whoever that is. It doesn't matter who the genre is to begin with. Uh, but do find somebody that you feel you can make a connection with. Read them closely. You know, so you have to be a good reader first and try to figure out why you like them. And, and that might mean a bit of analytical work and breaking down the mechanics of, of how they write. If you want to imitate them or, or adapt what they do. Uh, the next one might be that you recognize the details and uh, minutiae of your own life. So recognize that you don't have to necessarily pretend that you're somebody else or, or, you, have, or you have to lead a dramatic life. Because I think if you look closely enough, we already have an interest in life that's very close to hand. So um, treat your own life with seriousness in that sense and be authentic and write what you know. I think that's very important. So consider yourself as interesting as, as anybody else. Uh, the next one might be don't put yourself under any pressure to necessarily write literature in inverted commas or, or poetry or something as grandiose as a novel. You don't necessarily have to start there. It might end there, of course, but I think it's a good place to begin uh, with playfulness and just experiment and fun, of course. Uh, so initially just have fun, play around with words, use a notebook as well. That, that can be a private space where you just explore your musings each day. No one else has to see it. It can just be a place to generate content. And finally, I would say that, that writing is rewriting. So it's a, it's a process. Very few writers write something that's brilliant just off the cuff. It never falls into place all at once. It's 1% inspiration, 99% perspiration. It's a process. And that might involve critique as well and feedback from others that can be painful, of course, if you're not yet ready for it. But um, it's very rare you have those moments of inspiration where everything falls into place. If it does happen, that's magical and great. But usually be prepared for just having that fun initial phase first. But you will have to probably write back into it and change a few things around. So redrafting, revision, editing, proofreading. Those are my tips. <laughs> so, Alison, mm -hmm. how long have you been writing for? Oh, quite a while. Um, I probably think that my writing journey started about 2011, 12-ish. And that's about the time I started my blog. Um, I have no idea how I started reading blogs, how I discovered blogs. Um, I don't think I'd ever heard of them before about 2010. Um, and um, I just, I started reading them and commenting on them um, and found a group of people um, that were all sort of interacting together. and then started my blog and it's a little bit about me, a little bit of um, creative writing. So the occasional um, poem, short, bit of flash, fiction. Um, yeah, so it's a while, but it's not a long while, uh, if that makes sense. <laughs> so what was the inspiration for getting into writing? And was it just discovering the blogs or was it something that you 
always wanted to do. Yeah, totally just discovering the blogs. Um, I've n- I was never good at writing at school, never, never even particularly a reader at school. Um, and I think it was discovering those blogs. Um, I think it was all part of, so about just after the birth of my first um, daughter, about 17 years ago, um, I kind of needed that little bit of me time um so discovered reading for that me time and then um discovered blogs i think i think that's how it went <laughs> i'm pretty sure that's how it went um uh, but yeah it's definitely the inspiration was never oh i'm going to be an author um it was more most definitely i i discovered this arena um that inspired me and then i went on to add my own little two pennies to that arena mm. i guess and so did writing more sort of leads to reading more is that sort of where you mm. got into reading because of the through the writing process um i probably got into writing uh, into reading um when i'd had my first child um because i was reading because i wanted to read to her and then that got me reading for me and i think the reading led to the writing more but then it's kind of like a bit of a, a vicious, not a vicious circle, it's, it's yeah. like a, a perpetual circle, I guess, um, of you read, so that inspires my writing, so then I read more, so then I write more, and I kind of go around in those circles. Yeah. A little bit. And do you find that um, when you're writing, you're writing for you, or are you writing for an audience to read? For me, definitely for me. Um which I think makes it harder sometimes to get the stuff down um, and to actually finish a manuscript, which I've yet to do. Um, yeah, definitely for me, I, I have these snippets of either a character or a conversation or a scene or, um, oh, wouldn't it be strange if... Um, and then that leads to me writing it down and then I kind of want to see what happens, I want to see where it goes, um, rather than thinking oh, wouldn't teenagers love to read about this? Yeah. Um, and if somebody wants to read about the stuff that I write eventually, then that would be wonderful. Because, you know, now I've started writing, it would be great if I could <laughs> sell a book to somebody. But I guess I'd have to finish one first. <laughs> so what does it mean to you writing? Is it something that you, where the end product is, is what you get out of it? Or is it the process? Is it the time spent on your own? It's the process. It's the me time. It's finding... It's carving out that little bit of the day, um, early hours in the morning, um, where it's it's just me and this world that I can just escape into. Um, I don't read real-world things. I don't write real-world things. Um, and I think I like that whole escapism, but more than more than just that escapism, which reading provides for me as well as writing, it's that arena for me to then take what's inside me and express it. Um, so it's an arena for expression as well as escapism. Um, but it's defi- definitely for me, I think. It's that me time, not the end product. And would you have any top tips for any people that are either starting writing mm. or have already started? Um, the one top tip um, was probably the advice I need to listen to most myself is just write. Just get the words on the paper. Um, form a habit of doing it. Do it every day at a certain time or do it every other day or have specific times. If I have um, a goal in mind where I need to write on this day, this day and this day, that's when I get it done. 
and that's when I get things down on paper. If I just think, oh, wouldn't it be lovely to write about this? It never happens. So just write. But then I think probably the second biggest thing is to find your tribe. So um, the group of, of blogs that I got involved in um, ended up being my writer's group. Um, and they're all based in Utah. And it doesn't matter that they're a million miles away. Um, well, not quite a million miles away, hundreds of miles away. Um, it doesn't matter. Um, we bounce ideas off each other. We share things. We challenge each other. Um, we're there to critique for each other. Um, and I think writers and authors, if you follow them on Twitter, are probably the most supportive group that you'll ever find. Um, they're never sort of looking at it and going, oh, I don't want you to do that because you're going to be better than me. Um, everybody's always prepared to build you up to be the best that you can be. Um, so I think more than anything um, is find your tribe. I mean, I've come out of writing with the best friend that I've probably never met um, because she lives in Utah. Um, but we talk all the time and we chat all the time about stuff other than writing now because we've, we've developed on from that. But definitely find your tribe. Well, writing is always difficult, always tricky, um, and it's always tricky in similar ways. So um, blank page is hard, coming up with ideas, inspiration's hard, um, fitting writing into a life where other things are happening is really difficult. So fitting it in, I teach, uh, I have kids, I have a dog, I have an oven that needs cleaning, all that normal stuff, fitting writing into that is quite tricky. Um, confidence is hard as well whenever you sit down you are asking an imaginary reader to be interested in what you have to say um, and some stuff that you've just made up there's a a kind of shocking amount of arrogance to that which is sometimes quite difficult to pull off when you're sitting in a room on your own I guess I'm I'm not one of these writers who who makes a, a plan who knows what the end of a, a novel or a short story is before she sets off. Um, so it is quite normal for me to do a lot of drafts, to throw a lot of writing out. Um, I'm always really glad that I'm not a sculptor or a painter or a, a photographer. Like I don't need to buy materials. It's, it's just typing. So if I get rid of loads of it, it's not really costing me that much. Um, so yeah, a lot of trial and error. I tend to keep my drafts quite private until they're as, as good as I can make them. And then I'll show some friends, some writer friends, and um, my agent, ask for some opinions. It, it's not remotely unusual for a short story to have 10 or 15 drafts. Um, and even for something as big as a novel, Ghosted has had six drafts and quite substantial changes every draft. So that's normal. Um, I guess in terms of the micro nature of it, I, I don't write every day. Um, I, I have tried to, and I, I run a project called 100 Days of Writing where I try to write every day and record it on Instagram. You can look up the hashtag, um, hashtag 100 Days of Writing and see how I got on with that. Um, it's, it's much more normal for me to spend maybe two or three hours writing and then leave it for a couple of days and go back to it I seem to need I don't know a bit of a breather and I come up with a lot of ideas when I'm walking the dog 
So that, that is quite an important bit of the process. And we've been doing a lot of that in the pandemic, in the pandemic as well. <laughs> On a similar kind of topic, have you got any tips for aspiring writers? Are there any kind of do's and don'ts that you would recommend? Obviously, it's a very uh, a personal thing. Okay. Um, yes. Yeah. So if you're starting out, I would say the most important thing is not to worry too much about being original um, because you are. Everyone is. People can't help but be original. I, um, we were talking about this, uh, Robin, just earlier, but I've done library work and what I found out during my library work, meeting loads of people, loads of readers, loads of people who wanted to talk about what they were reading, is that we're all totally original and deliciously, delightfully eccentric. Um, and so, yeah, don't worry about that is the first thing. The second thing is not worrying um, too much if your first draft is a complete dog's dinner. It's a really bad idea to compare your first draft to short stories that have been published in books and magazines to novels because that has gone through maybe nine or ten drafts. It's had an agent, it's had an editor, it's had a proofreader. That person has had loads and loads of help. So that is another thing I bear in mind. Um, and I, I guess my third tip is to write what you love. If there's something that you're passionate about, that you're interested in, you're curious about, something that excites you or that really irritates you, something that you feel passionately about, start there because writing, get into that final draft and to publication takes a long time. It takes a lot of drafts, uh, a lot of painstaking work, and it's very difficult to sustain interest in doing that kind of work if you are not feeling properly passionate about your subject. Uh, so I'm now joined by Natalie from Fullwood Library. Um, Natalie, would you like to tell us a bit about how you got into creative writing or, and, uh, and how you engage with creative writing, what, what, it, what you do? Okay, um, I started writing creatively very, very young at the, at the primary school stage when you're just filling exercise books with anything. I mean, children have boundless imaginations and that was part of the fun of it, being able to let your imagination loose. And I suppose it carried on throughout school and eventually I went to university to study creative writing with English literature and then carried on to do an MA and I've just finished a PhD in creative writing. So I took it all the way along. Um, but I, I enjoy it outside of academia. I, I don't necessarily want to think about it in a academic context because I love books, I love stories. And yes, academia was a way for me to learn to do it better and to be able to talk to other people who also love doing it because I think there's a story in all of us, but there's some locations and some opportunities where it's more natural to be able to have a chatter about it and about plot and structure and dialogue. And university has given me that. But being able to work in libraries as well, where you are surrounded by the products of creative writing, because really that is what fills libraries. That's a pleasure as well. And was there a stage when you realised that that's what, you know, it was something that you wanted to take further? Was there a, was there a certain influence that, that made you want to think about doing it at university, for example? 
yes, there was. Uh, there is an exact moment, in fact, because when I was at school, there wasn't any specific creative writing. What's the word I'm looking for? Qualification. There wasn't a specific thing you could do. It was sort of wrapped into English. And I didn't really know that you could just study creative writing other than just doing your story for your English language exam, for example. And my high school teacher said, you, you really love your writing, don't you? You do know that you can study it at university. And I was like, no, <laughs> that sounds wonderful. And I'm a Preston native. And he was saying, if you just go to Lancaster, you don't even have to go far. But if you go to Lancaster University, you can focus all of your studies on creative writing and you get to write for your qualifications. And I was like, that's fantastic. <laughs> and that is exactly what I did. I went to Lancaster University and I took it from there. So he put me on that road and I'm very grateful for him. So was university the first time that you had really had your work critiqued or was that something that you'd already used to? And how, how do you find that? Um, it wasn't the first time I ran a creative writing club at college because, again, there wasn't a specific class in it. So we sort of made our own. But it was the first time I'd done it in a properly formal setting with people who aren't just your mates. And it can be difficult. I mean, you do need to be able to show your work to others because otherwise you get too far in your own head. After a while, after you've edited your work a few times, you can't see the wood for the trees anymore and you need somebody else to look at it with an unbiased frame of mind. But it is difficult because it's like taking the top off your head and showing people what's inside and saying, here's what I think, here's how I see the world and here's how my imagination works. But it, it's, a, it's a process to get used to it. I mean, I've taught creative writing as well as learned it studied it and there is from the teaching side you can see as students start to get the head around the fact that if anyone's critiquing it they're not critiquing the writer they're critiquing the writing they only want you to help you get better and for the first few weeks it's difficult because it feels personal it feels a lot of people have only just written in the rooms and I haven't even even told their family or shown their family or their friends because it's personal to them and it's difficult, but once you get into the groove of it, it's really rewarding and it really, really improves your work. And no, not everybody goes to university. It's not for any everybody, not everybody can afford to, but there are lots of writing groups out there, both online, thank goodness, in the pandemic, and in church halls, community centres, pubs, <laughs> everywhere. There's, there is an environment for that creative outlet. You mentioned before about um, you started writing from a young age. Was there something um, about the process of writing that inspires you or was it wanting to sort of copy the books that you'd read and, and were the particular books that you were really into as a young person? Um, it wasn't necessarily wanting to copy any books that I'd read. I, I just loved making things up in, in, in a non-lying way, <laughs> hopefully. Um, I just love spinning stories and the worlds that you could create and the people that you could make to inhabit them. And it's an, it's an endlessly surprising and enjoyable experience. But um, little me was obsessed with Redwall <laughs> and the, the mice and animal books. And 
that grew into a, an abiding interest in sci-fi and fantasy, um, but also poetry. So I have diverse interests <laughs> when it comes to reading and writing. And we've talked previously on previous episodes of the podcast about the creation of fantasy worlds and things and how it must give an author or a writer a really fantastic license to sort of express their creativity. Is that something that that pulls you in or are you content writing in a in a sort of version of reality as well? Um, I tend to write science fiction and fantasy more when I'm writing long form fiction because of that creative license, because of the possibilities. And even though you are creating a new world, it does speak to the world that we live in. It can hold up a mirror to the world that we live in. And there's so much possible in that. Um, I do sometimes write sort of historical fiction that's grounded in our reality, but I am more drawn to SFF, I think. Um, and in terms of for people who are perhaps starting creative writing or uh, maybe a, a little lost for how to proceed have you got any particular advice or tips of of what a good way of uh, um, sort of starting is? I think to start to write and to write well the first thing you have to do is read if you know if you want to learn how to write you have to look how the people have done it and how they've done it well and that can be rereading books that you love with a different set of eyes looking at how they've done it rather than just letting yourself be swept along in a story but the other thing is that you have to write you have to put words on the page and you can't be intimidated by that white blank page because the the, the first draft of anything you just have to get your words down don't let yourself be talked out of it just do it there's a, something going on at the moment which um, one of the fellow lecturers at Lancaster University does Jen Ashworth, which is called 100 Days of Writing. And it's a very gentle way of poking people into writing. All that is expected of you, if indeed, all that is expected of yourself, there is nothing held against you, is to turn up to the page every day and write something. It doesn't have to be within a set word count. It doesn't have to be marvellous. Even if you only write three words, it's getting into that rhythm of writing and writing consistently and setting aside some space in your own life to do so. We all live incredibly busy lives now, but giving yourself that space, giving yourself that time at any time of day or night, sat, in, sat on a corner of your settee or in a garden or on a bus, it's giving yourself the license to do it and to learn how to do it because you're not going to be the next bestseller on your first page. You aren't. You have to learn and you have to give yourself the chance to learn. And you only learn by doing. You've been listening to The Reading Ramble. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. On the next episode, we'll be talking all about children's books. It's obviously such a huge topic that we're not going to try and cover everything in, in one episode. And it's going to be something that we come back to over the coming months. And if you've got any suggestions and ideas of favourite children's books that you think we should cover, please do get in touch. And likewise, if you want to share your thoughts about creative writing or on any of the topics that we've covered, covered in this episode, please contact us at Lanks Libraries on Facebook and Twitter.